Okay, here we are, Thompson Park on a blustery, cold, nasty November day, November 30th. Um, I'm just here because uh, i got to go shopping. I'm going to make a um, tuna casserole again tonight. Uh, I've got all the ingredients, but I, I need cheddar cheese. I always need a block of cheddar cheese in the house. There's no cheddar cheese, and I miss it. Like, it's something, I'm like a rat. i got to nibble. I need a piece of cheese, you know. could happen any time of the day or night. I just need a, I need a chomp on some cheese. Um, listen, I'm holding my Olympus LS10 in my hand, and the earbuds I've been using, the kind that they don't have the fancy jack that fits into the back of your iPhone. It's just the old single, you know, plug, like the way earbuds used to be. Uh, it broke. I've only got one channel. And so, stupidly, I mean, I could have recorded with one channel. I mean, I could have listened with one channel. So anyway, I can't hear myself. So I don't know if I'm screaming at you. I can see there's a monitor. You know, okay, it looks, looks like I'm going a bit strong. Sorry. Uh, it all evens out by the time I process this through uh, audacity so don't you worry too much about that Ken um I'm of course listening to uh this Speed that out. Uh, that just that little jig just makes me happy. Uh, that is, of course, uh, you know who, Prairie Oyster. It's all I play now. Uh, so I don't really have much to say, and that's okay. This is just a start up, a warm up. Um, I've got my McDonald's one dollar coffee, a dollar five with tax. They were doing a special on medium coffees, and this time I went for a decaf because it's a uh, Almost three in the afternoon, and boy, um, if I have coffee any time in the afternoon, I, I it, it impacts my sleep. So we'll see if this makes any difference. And I don't know; it's not much taste. I I, li- I like coffee with a kick, like my morning cup that uh, Nalco usually prepares. You, you know, you're drinking some caffeine there. This is just something hot and muddy tasting. Nothing special. Um, I do like the um, ones I've been getting from A&W for a dollar, but that ends today, I think. That was a dollar until November 30th. So, But uh, McDonald's was a lot closer. Very convenient to uh, zip along Lawrence, zip through the drive through turn around, and zip right back into uh, Thompson Park, where we are now. God, I'm looking in my mirror. It's kind of weird. Another identical car. This happened last time I came out. Another Toyota Yaris. Same vintage, same silver color. They must have made millions of those suckers. Uh, Anyway, um, what's to say? Well, I got a car. So let's start off with... uh, No, we'll, we'll start off with a quote. I always make notes. This is for episode of Dixon Jane's 925. And the quote is... If we could look into each other's hearts and understand the unique challenges each of us faces, I think we would treat each other more gently, with more love, patience, tolerance, and care. That's by somebody called Marvin G.J. Ashton, who, of course, I've never heard of. I'll repeat that. If we could look into each other's hearts and understand the unique challenges each of us faces. And you know what that means, right? Like, you know, we see somebody and we size them up immediately. That's just something our brain does. And, you know, often it's like, dislike, or maybe neutral. But usually there's a feeling one way or the other. 
But if we really looked at people and could see the, you know, what's going on inside them, what are they dealing with? What has their child done to them or said to them or not done? What is their parent doing to them? What's happening at work, their boss, their boyfriend? I mean, just everything that impacts the job, you know, all the things that, that shape us and hurt us. I think we would treat each other more gently, with more love, patience, tolerance, and care. Now, I extend that as about as far as I can until it comes to certain religious fucking blockheads who go by the good books, the holy books, the fucking rule books, and act accordingly. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're going to behead somebody? You're going to chop off their hand? Well, those are extreme examples, but judge somebody because they're gay or trans or whatever, you know? Fuck you. Fuck you. No, sorry. I don't have forgiveness. If religion is your guide and it's a stupid religion and they all are, well, fuck you. All right, so much for that. <laughs> I thought I was going to soften up a bit, but uh, no. So, okay, so now I'll read something that will soften me up. I got a Christmas card, my first card in the mail today. Always I got them early from Japan. They're always beautiful. This has got uh, a little town. It's all in blue. And I love blue. You know, blue goes so well with Christmas and snow. And there's Christmas trees everywhere, and they're all lit up. And it, yeah, it looks like there's a little, I don't know, it's really shiny. You hold it to the light, and the stars really light up. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Gosh. It should be the cover for uh, this episode. Some of you may never see the cover, because if you just subscribe by... uh, you know, default through iTunes, I don't even have the original logo up there. Uh, it's only when you actually visit my blog that you can see them. If if, if you're finding otherwise, if you actually see the pictures, because I mean, I am very careful, as, as careful as I am about editing the clips for the Dixon Janes podcast by the split second as to where one track ends and the next begins. And believe me, I do it visually, I do it audioly, orally. I listen, I listen, I play back, I move that track a fraction. That is really important to me. Uh, the details, I'm just fanatical about it. You know, you won't, you won't pick that up when you listen, but I know. And it means a whole lot to me. Anyway, I got my first Christmas card. From a dear, dear friend, teacher I worked with all this time, and uh, a wonderful, wonderful woman who I felt very, very close to, and she, of course, included a note from my wife in Japanese, which I can't read, and a note from me, and I'm going to share that with you. Dear Ken, the tours with you are over. Now, this is a woman who's head of the English department who I coordinated the tours with and came on many of them herself. And when she came, we had the most fun. Dear Ken, the tours with you are over, but our friendship and my respect toward you will never, double exclamation mark. You're always my great teacher in life, exclamation mark. I do hope we'll realize our reunion in the near future. With great love, Mayumi. And a nice smiley picture. That is so, so nice. And that means so much to me. Um, so now i got to get busy and go out and get some nice cards. Set up the generic ones I often send out. And uh, write her a special note. I've been meaning to do that for a month now. And finally, uh, the time has come. So there is my project for uh, maybe this week. Write a letter to Mayumi. Scarborough, dude, that's just a, that's just a warm up. I, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna just sort of go back and play a track for you again. Well, no, I won't play the whole thing. That's not fair. Job. 
it, it pains me. It pains me to fade that out. I'm going to listen to it myself after I've hung up from you. <laughs> that is uh, my favorite track, I guess, on all, all three CDs called One Way Track. And, uh, you know, a sad cowboy story, leaving town and uh, coming, but it's a one-way track. You leave the prairies, you don't come back. In this case, you come back, you're dead. Um, anyway, I mean, that's cowboy, but it's, it's, you hear that bass, you hear the music, the instrumentation, it's absolutely wonderful. But I already played that track, I believe, in the last episode, so it's just not quite right by my standards to play it again. But I will sh- give a shout-out, boy. If you're browsing and you find uh, used CDs somewhere, keep your eyes out for uh, Prairie Oyster. You'll probably never find them. <laughs> Scarborough dude, kind of feeling happy enough, I guess, because uh, I know what I'm doing for supper. It's making my tuna casserole, pasta, tuna pasta casserole. Got all the ingredients, and it uh, should be okay. They're never quite as tasty. I made my meatloaf the other night, and it just lacks the extra that Malco can put into every dish she makes. I, and I know I say that all the time, and I, I try, but I just don't, I don't know spices at all. And I don't know the extras that, you know, when I see her doing it, I think, oh my God, that's too much. But it never is. It's always just right. Um, boy. All right. All right. You've heard that before, too. Scarborough, dude. Yeah, can't, can't we just talk for a little? Do I have to hang up now? God damn, what's your rush? What's your fucking rush, buddy? Give me a break. I just want to sit here for a bit with my coffee and uh, talk. Chill a little. Slow down. I'm going to turn up the music anyway. You can't hear it, but I can. Oh, man. It's just certain music just does it to me. It's like certain art, you know, a Marc Chagall painting or Raoul Dufy or somebody else that's got the, the, the pinks and the yellows and the pastels and the blues and you see it, and you just, wow, your brain just goes on fire. My, my brain is very excitable. Boy, you should have heard me. It was men's group yesterday, and we were having a discussion about reality. And, you know, everybody sort of said, well, how, what do you mean reality, you know? You know, what do you, what do you mean? And I... I put on a theatrical performance. I didn't intend to, but I just didn't hold myself back. I be, it was almost like I stood up and shouted, but I was very I was very vocal. I took over that entire space. And I'm not bragging. I'm just saying it's something that I, I do on occasion in the men's group, almost to shake, wake everybody up a little bit. And uh, it's usually appreciated. Uh, you know, oh, there goes Ken. And it was about, you know, this is reality right now, this minute. You know, I, I can't I can't do it because you, I was trying to demonstrate what reality is. My message being reality is the present moment. So I had to act out fully the present moment. Like, hey, this is reality. Right now, me standing here shouting at you, this is fucking reality. So for you boys and girls, this is secondhand. This isn't reality. You're just listening to the Dixon Janes dude, podcaster, you know, guy. And uh, who knows how much attention you're paying. Uh, you know, maybe this is just in the background. Maybe you got to fast forward. Maybe you just know I'm just blabbing now. Why bother? Let's skip to the next part. So... Your reality is really, boy, second, third, fourth hand by the time you're uh, you're getting this. But for me in this present moment, the windows are starting to steam up. I saw a couple of flakes of snow coming down. It's winter here in Scarborough. Nothing like it was in Buffalo and nothing like it was in Vancouver yesterday when they had a real snowfall. Crashes and roads shut down and bridges backed up and all that shit. But my reality right now is sitting in park in the Toyota, in Bluffers Park. It's empty today just because it ain't the day for walk, taking walks around the park. And um, I'm feeling kind of, kind of chill, kind of good, kind of okay. You know, I, I I give myself these little breaks, these little excursions. Just get out. I need the car. I need to have a car. I need to be able to get out. And I I can't do this just by 
walking in my neighborhood. I need to be able to, I need to be mobile. I need that, that degree of the sense of freedom having a car gives you. But, uh, yeah. All right. I guess I had nothing to say after all anyway. Sorry. Kept you a little longer than I should have, but, uh, gosh, I eat up some good airtime too. Maybe this will have to go on fast forward. Whew. I haven't finished the coffee yet, but uh, I'll do that on my own. I'll do it in silence. I'll do it. I'll do it, and I'll just listen to the music. That's what I'll do. That's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. Tell you what, going to finish this off. What I'm going to do is grab my reality back, and my reality is going to be sitting in the front seat of the Toyota, cozy, and I'm going to be picking a favorite song. Possibly, I'm going to play that same song again. Only I'm going to crank it up extra loud. I'm going to sip my coffee. And just enjoy my present now. And the message to you and the message I gave to the men and women, or there are no women, no. It's a men, <laughs> it's a men's group. <laughs> the message I gave to the man was, wake up, wake the fuck up, you know, to now. It's now, this is what we got. And I even used those words. I even said, we're dying, we're dying, we're dying, you know. I mean, it was almost that loud. Almost like that. And so there was a few bewildered faces, you know. But uh, I got my point across. This is now. This is reality. This is the only reality. The only reality is the present moment. Never mind about how vast the universe is. Yeah, great. But meanwhile, back on the farm, you know. So uh, there you go. All right. I think, I, did I, I think I've covered everything I need to cover. Scarborough Dude signing off. Going to get some more of that prairie oyster music to make me happy. Bye for now.
Okay, we're starting up again. It is now uh, Friday afternoon. I guess it's probably around 3 if you really want. No, no, 2.37. Okay, and this is episode 925. I was delighted to uh, listen to the one after 909, which would have been episode 910 of uh, Love Hate Things. Have not heard that podcast in a very long time. And it was delightful to hear uh, Sheen and Anthony uh, at some bar out in, uh, you know, west of here. Um, I wasn't expecting that at all. I knew Shane was going to be in town. We're going to be meeting him tomorrow at the only cafe, but I had no idea he had cooked up something with uh, with Anthony. Sounded like Mark Blevis in the background, but I uh, could have been wrong there. I don't know who else was there. But anyway, good to hear those voices. And, then, of course, all of that was in honor of... Um, CDNOP, the Canadian National Day of Podcasting. You can stick a royal in there if you want. Um, but uh, anyway, I, I, I do like the fact that so many people do make an effort. People of the old gang, people we knew, make an effort to uh, put a podcast out on that day. So we heard from the virtual Uper and uh, and there's still more to go. Marshall McLuhan was on there and... Uh, Still, still a few to go through in the list. But right now, it's just you and me sitting in the road trek. I had the uh, furnace on for a while just to warm it up initially. And it just takes like two minutes and it's hot. You know, you got to shut that sucker off. Had the engine running and then the front air blasting. And I uh, had to shut that off too. I've been listening to Paul McCartney, but I thought I'd, uh, I'd just do a little bit of... Uh, a silent background uh, while you and I get caught up. Um, I set out chores to do every day, and today's chore was to uh, sign the birthday cards that I bought yesterday from my brother and my good friend Alvin, both turning 80 uh, within a day of each other this month, and um, then to write a uh, handwrite a two-page letter to my dear friend Mayumi. I read her quote in the previous clip, and uh, she's just such a wonderful, kind woman. And uh, gosh, that one-way ticket to Japan paid off in ways uh, that are just, you know, unfathomable. Uh, I mean, it just changed everything about my life, uh, including, <laughs> you know, everything. Like uh, sitting in this road track here and part in the driveway of this house here with... Uh, my poor wife who's off at work right now, and uh, two sons on the whole deal, the whole shooting match. Um, I mentioned the uh, I broke or the connector broke on these, uh, you know, uh, iP- uh, iPod phones earbuds. I really like the Apple earbuds; they fit well in my ear, and the sound is amazing. So I'm always sorry to lose them. I've always got an extra pair or two around. But I found in the road track I had stored away with the audio gear a uh, pair of Sony MDR XD100 headphones. And I kind of laugh at that name. I don't know when I got these things. The odd thing is the cable is about six feet long, or the connecting. And, like, why would you want that? And I guess it's from the days when you had to plug it into your stationary hi-fi, and then you wanted to go back and lie on the couch or the bed or whatever, and you needed six feet of uh, cable. (laughs) So it's odd. It's just nothing but an inconvenience now. It's all bunched up. It gets tied in knots. But anyway, they work, and I'm grateful for that. So uh, something from the past resurrected. Um. A few thoughts. Um, You know, I like to reflect on what's happening in the world around me while I'm recording these clips. And um, uh, a couple of uh, members of the Quebec legislature, I believe Parti Québécois members, but maybe they're a different party. I'm not sure on that. I don't have their names. All I know is they refuse to swear an oath of allegiance to the king, King Charles now. Uh, it would have been the Queen, except she's gone and we have King Charles. And they just refused, and so technically they are not allowed to slit, sit in the legislature. And so they've been kept out, and uh, is it Legault? Or the, uh, the Premier is going to try and put together some sort of way workaround 
so that it is no longer necessary to swear an allegiance. And I'm cheering them on. I mean, there might be some people out in Alberta who say, well, you can't do that. Although Alberta seems to be following Quebec's model for special status. It's amazing <laughs> uh, how many people. It used to be Ontario. Pick on Ontario now. It's uh, pick on bloody Albertans. Um, but we, I won't go there. But in this case, I'm. Uh, I think it's outrageous. I think it's ridiculous. And and you know me. I mean, I'm a royalist. I'm a monarchist. I loved my queen dearly. I'm okay with Charles. Uh, I think it's an institution that should be kept in place. I think it's good for England. It's one of the things with a, a long line of history and tradition and color that, uh, in the end, I think it, everything balances out okay. These are people not chopping off somebody's head or doing nasty things. So I know there's all kinds of people have no interest, but I fully understand why these people would make a stand and say, no, I'm not going to swear an oath to uh, King Charles. I don't even know if they could swear an oath to Canada. Um, but yeah, that would be better. But yeah, let's, let's say uh, I'm on their side and, uh, I hope they find a workaround. I wouldn't want to swear an oath to a king. I know that if you're a new Canadian, you have to, it's part of the deal. Um, maybe some people are worried pro monarchy that it's a slippery slope. If you stop that, then next thing you know, she's not going to be on her money anymore. Well, she, he, is is we've got other people to put on our money and that's that's fine too so all right we're just going to park that it's just something that's in the news it's online uh speaking of online online gambling i do not think this is a good way for provinces to make money and ontario seems to be going full at it uh there's casinos everywhere and of course it, you know we know that this just benefits Owners, and this very often it's the Aboriginal people who've put up a casino on their territory. And but there has been accusations of money laundering going on, especially here in Ontario. Uh, criminals, of course, are going to get in on this game, and it preys on the poor and the people who can least afford to throw money away. And the fact that they're making it so easy, and you see ads on your TV, wow, join in, like this is a lifestyle, man. Become, you know, hey, be a player. You can have fun, and boy, probably, you know, next thing the girls are going to like you. This is like the old ads for scotch or tobacco. It just, come on. And I, I think it's, I, I just dead against it. Yes, it brings in millions, but there are other ways to do that, I'm sure, more legitimate ways uh, having the rich, let's start with, yeah, taxing the rich a little heavier in corporations. So I'm dead against that. So in favor of um, not having to swear an oath to the allegiance to the king and dead against online gambling and making it easier and easier for people to sit there and lose money on their iPhones. This is just wrong. All right. What I've been watching lately, I've been tr I'm trying to get into an Amazon Prime series called The Man in High Castle. The premise is very interesting. Uh, World War II is over, and the Nazis and the Japanese have won, uh, and they have taken over control of North America. The Nazis have most of North America, and then there's sort of a neutral zone in the Rockies, and then the Japanese have the West Coast. The problem I have with the show is it portrays in very realistic ways the brutality of both people going back to wartime. You know, if you're taken prisoner by the Nazis or the Japanese, you are going to suffer a great deal of pain. And, and this show does a good job of, of showing that pain. And any time I see a sign of somebody who's facing torture or at the mercy of somebody, it just, it just it upsets me too much because I know it is still happening. People are still suffering at the hands of brutal people who, who care nothing about fellow human suffering. It's just, it just, it's too much. And so I have to fast forward through any time, you know, they open up and it's a dark jail cell. I got to fast forward, you know, clearly you're going to miss something in the show, but I, I just can't see that. So I don't know if I'm going to have to give up altogether. Uh, I'm only on starting episode two, season one. I think there's four seasons. Uh, if anybody else has watched this, The Man in High Castle, 
and recommends no can stick with it. It's really good. Please do. I mean, I'm looking at visually, it's neat to look at, except for the prison cells. Um, you know, it's nicely filmed, and I can get into it. And I, and I enjoy these mini series. Uh, something I really, really enjoyed uh, was the Iran hostage crisis. I did not the real thing. The portrayal, the uh, the video was put on by uh, P. Uh, I saw it on PBS. I thought it was a PBS production, and it's a documentary, and a very well done documentary during the time. If if you know your history. Uh, these people, uh, revolutionaries, after getting rid of the Shah, uh, who eventually died of cancer treatment, I think in, I'm not sure if it's Egypt or Europe or where, but anyway, um, had a, a hatred on for the United States who had propped him up. And so these young revolutionaries were going to bring a new regime into the country. And, of course, all they succeeded in doing was propping up the hardline uh, uh Islamists um, under uh, Khomeini and um, I guess some of them were rewarded I think the woman who was the one of the nastier ones uh, got right up to the top you know second in command of uh, of Iran uh, but the documentary was very interesting they were captive for 444 days they were not going to let them go until the moment Reagan was sworn in. Jimmy Carter had to pay the price. Reagan was sworn in, and as soon as he was sworn in as president, the plane took off. The hostages were freed and sent back to uh, to the states after 444 days in captivity under Carter's reign. And Carter was basically wiped out. Uh, you know, an overwhelming majority for Reagan, and you know what that led to. So, uh, highly recommended. I recorded it. I'm sure it'll show up again sometime, but if if you just want a little review of some pretty interesting history and, and very difficult times, and of course I have a, a love for uh, Jimmy Carter. Um, maybe there are reasons I shouldn't, but uh, lots of other reasons why I should, and especially his building houses for humanity and remaining true to his Christian roots, the good way in terms of teaching Sunday school and uh, staying married to his wife and... Uh, all of that. A man with principles. All right. I guess that's about all I've got. Uh, I was doing a little reflection. Yeah, I'm a little disturbed that 74 now, I'm enjoying my lazy days. There's some guilt while my wife goes off to work every day and comes home exhausted, of course, uh, and depressed. It, it's hard work, working with seniors, watching them get old and uh, incapacitated and so on. Uh, and I wish there was some way I could start bringing in more money because, you know, more money goes out than comes in. This is not a good way to live your life in your older years. And we're sitting on capital, which is this house. But, uh, you know, once that's sold, that's that's that. Um, and I so I, I was thinking back, well, gee, I spent a whole year earning a very good medita- meditation, meditation, mediation certification and I remember the meeting I went to when there were when there were, there was an organization, an official one in Toronto, and it was talking about how do you get your accreditation to to be a mediator, and the lawyers wanted it both ways. The lawyers said I can be a lawyer or an arbitrator or a mediator, but anybody else, if you want in on this game, you have to have earned a certain number of mediations conducted successfully, you know, under certain conditions uh, that you were paid for. And at the time I was doing volunteer mediation and I thought it was a wonderful thing. And these were worthwhile cases. This was youth justice. It was a pilot program in the province of Ontario. I've talked about it before. And it was really worthwhile. And you were changing lives and it was good, but it wasn't paid. You were a volunteer. And I remember at that meeting saying, you fuckers, you lawyers are going to pass this motion that to in order to get your accreditation, if that's the right word, you need to have done paid mediations. And only you fucking lawyers are going to get the paid mediation. No wonder I have such a hard on. 
against lawyers. Sorry, I know there's a few out there who are quite nice, including <laughs> the person who wrote those wonderful words I used uh, on uh, two uh, two podcasts ago. I finally found out um, who, um, uh, what is it, something in rehab, uh, losers in rehab or something like that. I found out who that was. Doug's brother. I'll, I'll say it out here. It was Doug Slater's brother. Thank you. Uh, fellow I've never met. Uh, Heroes in rehab. <laughs> Boy, it took a long time to track down. Um, so, and he is a lawyer. So I, he is forgiven. He's one of the good ones. There's a few of them out there. Uh, anyway, uh, I was just pissed off. And so I, I think that marked kind of a turning point. Well, I'm not really going to. And then I created a company, Glanville Mediation Service, and I was going to get into it, but it would have been, <sighs> it's something now that I look back on, can, 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 maybe if you weren't so lazy, maybe if you're a little more disciplined, maybe if you focused a little more, you might have actually gone ahead and made a, a second career. And that was the idea of doing it, was a backup career. And why I let it go, I mean, in the end, things were shut down because of COVID and I was no longer doing volunteer work. But why I I didn't pursue that? And it's if I have regrets and I try to say, no, I don't have any regrets, well, that can't entirely be true. I think I should have made a little more of an effort to actually uh, been a mediator and tried to earn some money at it. Um, I would have, I would have now, I mean, I, I know I have the skills. It involves listening and believe it or not, in spite of what you heard in the last podcast, I can listen under the right circumstances when, when it's, when it is the thing you're supposed to be doing and listening, but with open, with an open mind to hear what's really going on, what's really being meant, what's intended, what's sent, what's the, the underlying message. So I know I would have been a, a fairly good mediator, not in terms of the legal stuff, and I wouldn't want to get into all the, um, you know, the housing bylaws and so on. It, it, it was community mediation I was most interested in, and generally those, they don't pay. So there you go. That was, uh, that's something else I had in my notes here. Why didn't I become a mediator? Why didn't I follow it through? And... Um, from today's perspective, gosh, to even bring it in a few bucks would have been a good thing. And, and it's something I think even at my age uh, I could do. I don't think being old um, limits you. You're, you're, you're thinking, but you're taking time to reflect. It's not you're suddenly, you know, having to make a snap decision. You know, you're, 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 the whole point is staying calm, listening, being open, letting others speak. So, I guess I'll just end it there. Scarborough dude signing out on on kind of a kind of a sad note, sad with myself. I think it it all stemmed from this idea that I got so excited about from the 60s about becoming a better person and me thinking it's about, you know, reaching a higher plane and finding kindness and and being a little more in tune with the present moment as you've heard me rant on about many times. But in fact, sometimes I think it maybe just involves a little more discipline and and uh, <laughs> I don't know working a little harder. And I like to I like to have things the easy way. And and I've been that way my entire life. It is one of my shortcomings. I am lazy, uh, in spite of putting out a podcast every week. Um, I do the. There's another good example. What a lazy fucking podcast. It's just me talking. I'm not going to make an effort to make this any better than it is. I'm just going to turn on the recorder and do what I'm doing now, talking. And I'm convinced in my mind, this is the absolute best way for me, maybe not for you, because some of you don't know how to do this. I can fucking talk for 20 minutes straight and, you know, modulate my voice a little and, and jump from topic to topic and then keep it to some degree fucking interesting. I'll have you know. But... um I don't want to do it any other way. I don't want to make it better. I certainly don't need more fucking listeners. You know, hey, what's that going to mean? I'm not going to get any more money out of it. Uh, maybe. No, no, no. There's no there's no way around that, you know, because I play music. No, I don't want money. I don't want anything coming my way. Well, buying me a beer once in a while, that's okay. 
Don't mind that. All right, so there we go, 20 minutes. Scarborough Dude signing off from uh, the inside of my road trek on a, on a snowy day. I've done my chores. I've written my Christmas cards. And uh, signing off. Bye for now. Bueno, y ese, esos son dos puntos importantes, que haya justicia y que las víctimas sean escuchadas y este, eh, que sea ahora en español es importantísimo. Quiero la lectura, paso con Pablo Aure, profesor, usted como abogado, este, me gustaría tener su opinión. Ok, uh, we're not going to get much of that, uh, I hope. Uh, that's on the shortwave band on my repossessed Patrolman 9. Uh, this was my father's radio. Uh, my good friend Jason in Tennessee, as you, who you know as Tennessee Jake, maybe, um, dates us around 1975. It's in pretty rough shape. I'll tell you what happened. Uh, you know, I've heard, you've heard how busy my wife is, how hard she works, and how little I do. Uh, I'm not proud of that. I'm just stating a fact, okay? Just, you know... On the, on the scale of, wow, who does a whole lot all the time? That'd be my wife. And then you draw a line, and then you go in the negative zone, and you'd find me somewhere down there. But anyway, yesterday she suggested there's a whole cupboard that hasn't been touched in, I'm sure, 20 years or more under a so-called workbench in my basement. And, you know, when am I going to clean that one out? Now, that's an easy one. Because all my treasures are up in my office, so under the workbench, who knows what's there. Well, I went down, and I did get rid, well, sort of got rid. I, I shifted around a lot of stuff. I emptied the cupboard. But at the foot of the stairs is a Sanyo turntable, which I think I'm just going to put out in the curb. I'm not going to try and sell it or anything. I don't even know if it works. I got it at a bazaar or something long ago. Uh, there was this radio, which I got very excited about, and is now in my road track. And unfortunately, and this is where the sickness comes in, the sickness of being a pack rat, of not letting go, of thinking everything has value. So this is on the front seat. It looks like shit. But, you know, hey, hey, I've, I've wanted a radio, and what could be better than salvaging my father's and not paying anything for it? It's an old, broken radio, but I can, you know, get AMFM. I was hoping to get the aircraft uh, control band, but uh, no luck there yet. But anyway, it's got VHF, UHF, everything else, you know, AMFM, shortwave. So that's now in the road trek. It's bulky, it's huge. It looks like shit, but here it is. Okay, so that's a new thing. But then I look at my feet. I just posted a picture on Twitter, and I've got a Wolf Electric Tools um, electric drill. One of my father's, one of the first. And it's got this really heavy silver, looks like aluminum, but really heavy, heavy casting. And it looks good. It looks like the kind of thing, if it was polished up, It'd be just a neat thing to hang on a wall or have on display somewhere. So yesterday that went into the garbage. Uh, our good friend uh, Picard102 said, oh, you know, some people collect that stuff. And next thing you know, this morning, I went into the garbage and took it out. It's now in my hand here in the road trek. It's very cool. It's got little plates sewn onto it. Uh, you know, Ealing London W5. This is old, but you, you can't just put that in the garbage. So I don't know what, I, I want it in my basement bar. Um, I don't think Nelk will be very happy, but she just, you know, I'll sneak it on a shelf somewhere. I've also got right here what either was a, a fishing box or a toolbox of my father's. It's all getting kind of rusty. It's all silver. It's heavy metal. It needs a real cleaning. Now, I don't know even what material you'd use to clean this stuff. But I thought, I can't throw that out. It's my dad's. It's got, you know, a, a shelf with extra space. That'd make a great toolbox. Put that in the road track. So there's three things. And then there is a bag. There's a K. 
Canon camera lens and filter. I don't even know what's in this bag. I don't want to look at it, but I just knew, no, that's not, that can't go in the garbage yet. Uh, an old journal. <sighs> so what started off as, you know, oh, good, I'm doing something for an alcohol. I'm cleaning up stuff. I'm getting rid of stuff. I'm just moving it from one place to the other. Uh, I've got a slide projector, Fuji slide projector that, you know, I know it doesn't work. But damn, it's even got the original box it came in. Oh, shit, what, what do I do with that? And it, I just can't throw things out. And she comes from a culture where something new comes into the house, something old goes out. Now, they do have these old traditional houses, like my wife, where she came from, has this kura, this big, huge storage building where things go. But anybody living in modern Japan and Tokyo, you know, when you space is really limited, you don't save things. And and for her, there's no sense of nostalgia. And of course, this is this is my father's old toolbox. Got to say that's my my father's old drill, my father's old radio. I got to save that shit. Well, do I? I don't know. Anyway, it it sort of it makes you a little bit depressed because you're looking at crap that I, I I've burdened myself with. <sighs> anyway, so listen, um, Saturday night, yeah, Saturday night, starting at 3 in the afternoon, we we were in the only cafe with Shane Burley and his friend, uh, what was his friend's name? Uh, Locke, Locke Fulton. Nice to meet somebody new, and great conversations were had. Sometimes, you know, Lisa, John, and uh, Shane, Shane telling his life history, and then meanwhile I'm talking with Locke and back and forth. Uh, from Locke, I learned that uh, don't dismiss uh, what's that group, um, Iron Maiden. Apparently, they're good songwriters. I don't know. This is all news to me. And when he's talked about Iron Maiden, I said, oh, uh, yeah, I only knew Inagata de Vida. And, you know, he was very patiently corrected me. No, I think you're thinking of Iron Butterfly. It yeah, was a little embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So Iron Maiden. And they have a new album coming out. Uh, I listened, I didn't, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not my kind of thing, but it was neat to have somebody else, the different story. And then he said, uh, have you read that, uh, that book by Jack Kerouac's son about psychedelics? And then that was my turn. No, Jack Kerouac doesn't have a son. Well, you know, um, I said he had a daughter. Okay. Maybe it was a daughter. Well, it wasn't the daughter, but it was Joyce Johnson, who was Kerouac's girlfriend, had a son, and his name is Daniel Pinchbeck. And there's a name I just didn't know. He wrote Breaking Open the Head, A Psychedelic Journey into the Heart of Contemporary Shamanism. And a few other books like that, and is very active online uh, about psychedelics, the way Carlos Castaneda used to be. And so that was kind of neat to, to meet somebody new for the first time, and then learn new things, share new things, or new ideas. And, you know, and him going on about being a Gen X. And I think, oh, yeah, okay, so it is different. When I go to my men's group, everybody's in the same age group. We're all boomers. Well, now I'm sitting with people who are, are younger and think differently and have a different outlook on life, which we we talked about. So that that was good. That was good. And that's all I wanted to share. And that's why I love the Only Cafe and uh, I'll share it with you now because it'll be too late by the time you get this. Tomorrow we have been invited, uh, Sheila, John, and myself, as regular customers to come to kind of a little special event where they'll be serving some food. And it's a customer appreciation, customer and staff appreciation day on um, Tuesday. So I'm telling you so that you can't just say, oh, I heard the podcast, I'm going. Uh, but you wouldn't anyway because nobody does. But for us... It feels like an honor, and I'm, we're very excited about it. So uh, Connie will join us as well, I hope. Um, I've been watching today, this morning, Daniel and I. I know I'm running out of time, but uh, I'm just going to go ahead anyway. Daniel and I watched the uh, Croatia-Japan soccer match, and it was a good match. And Japan can go home with their heads held high. Not high enough for bouncing in uh, some of those uh, shots where the, the Croatians were just simply taller. And when it came to headers, they had the advantage and longer legs, as Daniel pointed out. But uh, a great match. 
and um, unfortunately, they came down to a shootout, and uh, <laughs> they didn't do so well in the shootout. So uh, Japan goes home. But uh, the, the point is, the matches have been good. The facilities look excellent, but everybody in the Western world seems to have an opinion that it shouldn't have been held there. Now, maybe that's true. And we know that FIFA is, is a corrupt organization. It's like the mafia. I mentioned that earlier on. Um, and, but I think the talk is more about, well, we, the bad labor conditions, a number of, you know, supposedly thousands died working in the hot sun and, being indentured servants, basically, and the the extreme differences between the ruling people of Qatar who who don't do the manual work and the people they bring in and treat like shit. So for those reasons, and then, of course, being an Islamic nation, their stance on gay rights and so on and no protesting and and no beer during the soccer games and all of those things. I don't know. I just, the liberal part of me, maybe not the liberal part of maybe the, the hippy-dippy part of me, is just glad that you've got the world coming together to play a game without guns, following rules, not a whole lot of cheating. People are just... Nations of the world are coming together and enjoying the excitement of playing a sport. And to me, that's marvelous. And it's the same reason I love the Olympic Games, in spite of all the corruption and who could afford to run them and so on, just wind the clock back a couple of thousand years, maybe less, and you have people put in arenas in front of wild animals or other humans of another group or tribe or whatever with swords and maces and horrible weapons, and people... Fans cheering on horrific deaths and cruelty and fucking brutality and God damn it, the worst possible thing. And this is the ruling Western world. This is this is the Roman Empire on top of Western civilization. That the height of cruelty throughout that and through the Middle Ages, and you see a game like this and people running and, and uh, shaking hands at the end of a match, you got to feel a little bit good about that. So in spite of all the shortcomings that Qatar might have had as a hosting nation and all the wrongs that probably need to be corrected in time there and in Afghanistan and Iran and everywhere else, there is still some things to cheer about. Um, I watched last night... Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which my son insisted we watch. And it was a pretty damn entertaining picture. (coughs) It was on Amazon Prime. Uh, I would recommend it. Uh, But I did have to go to Wikipedia and just, okay, tell me a little more about, you know, what? explain this a little bit for me. I need a little help. I mean, you can walk away, you get a feeling for things, you can see things and... But, you know, you know, I I don't pick up on everything. And uh, reading a little about, having a little more information about it was was helpful. Okay? That's it. What is dead named? Shane, in his conversation, was talking about somebody who had offended because he had dead named them when he shouldn't have. Not only called them by the wrong gender, but he had dead named them. But what the fuck is dead named? And then I I guessed, and I'll read the... um, uh, definition out in case you do the same sometime. Dead named call a transgender person in brackets by their birth name when they have changed their name as part of their gender transition. So you don't want a dead name. And I do have a friend who I would have a very hard time not because I've known them as that other person for all my since I've known them, which goes on ten, fifteen years, and now it would have to be no, no, no. That's not who they are anymore. The meaning of dead name is the name that a transgender person has, was given at birth and no longer uses upon transitioning. For example, he was addressed with the wrong pronouns and dead named. Oh my God. So that's good. That was educational. Again, through overhearing a conversation, that was just after I'd had the toke. Thank you, Shane, by the way, Shane Burley, a listener, uh, for buying my two books. That uh, that made my... Uh, my uh, <laughs> 
my my beer drinking guilt free. I, I said it was a good exchange. He paid me. I had beer, and uh, he he walks away with two books. My two books. All right. I think that was it for um, things that I had felt the need to talk about. Uh, there's nothing else in my notes. So what are we going to share here? This thing that I'm talking about, it 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 is for real. This hanging on, like really, this drill. It, it, you know, it, I want to, if I was the kind of person, get a screwdriver, take it apart, clean it. It'll probably never work. I don't have a chuck to go with it. But it's not about working. It's about all the, the, that it's lasted so long. I'm looking at this, and I'm, I'm saying this is like, this is wartime at the latest. Uh, but with these extra, you know, there's there's a serial number stamped into it. Uh, there's a lot of hand tooling with this same thing. You know, plates, the patent is riveted to the top. It, Wolf, the name is engraved in it. it, it there's some beauty to it. Gee, I just don't... How do you clean up metal like this? I should do a little research, or maybe if, if I had a listener out there, Michael, uh, out in uh, Copper Harbor, somebody might say, no, no, you want to clean up an old tool. This is what you should use. I, I don't know. I just go for... I got these handy wipes with chemicals that uh, that I would use, which probably are not the best thing. God, it even looks... Yeah, you know. Damn it. Anyway, that... This damn radio, which... Okay. What, what I'm going for is those, those sort of the squealy sounds between as it goes off station... Because that's what I would have heard as a kid. That and when my father was using his shortwave and tuning in frequencies and, and hearing those. That was so much a part of my growing up. But it was my father, you know, with his back to us in his room, in his radio room. And I wondered so often how much of that I am to my own kids. Here with oh, his dad, he's off podcasting. He's sitting, what is he doing now? He's sitting in the road trek. At least my son and I watched the game today and we, we, at night, you know, we have dinner and we watch. But I, I do spend a lot of time um, on my own. God, what am I going to do with this toolbox? It, 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 and like the road trek is getting full. This has just become another room attached to my house. Uh, it's got a library, it's got books, it's got tools, it's got uh, my entire CD collection, well, almost. Uh, there's a hell of a lot of stuff in here. But I'm still living, you know, I'm not dying yet. So it, it, it surely, I can, I can be granted a period of grace. No, you know, I did make an effort. Some stuff did go into the garbage quite a bit, quite a bit. I've just got this... Other bag. What the fuck have I got here? You know, is there anything? Well, there's a lens. You know, a couple of Canon lenses. Surely that would be used there. Oh, I don't know. What the hell? Oh, I know. A whole bunch of these things. These, uh, what do you call these things? Sort of brackets that, uh, clamps. Huge old metal clamps. Those go straight into the garage, into a drawer. You'd never throw out a metal clamp. You never know when you're going to need a good clamp. Real, realitic, realitic. I don't know. Bearlitic. I don't know what time. Anyway, this is. These are huge. Cincinnati Tool Company, made in the USA. They're all rusty, but you see, this. I see beauty in that too. Like I've, this, I look at that and I see the color. The rust and the yellow. It was originally a yellow one, and it's got rust all around. It's beautiful. The screw is all rusty, but it still works. You can still clamp it. It just needs a little oil. It needs a cleanup, like everything else. You'd never throw away a clamp. My my wife would, but I would. And then there's oh, a whole bunch more. Anyway, we're out of time. These are just the cheap little red ones that I bought probably at uh, 
Home Depot or Canadian Tire, but there's a couple of real originals in there, real dandies. So a bunch of clamps. At least those will go in with the tools in the garage. Those will be kept, and no arguments on that front. All right. Scarborough dude, what's it? Oh, fuck, a plane, a Stanley plane. That's another one I sort of snuck out. You know, Stanley, the toolmaker, Stanley, and it's all rusty. This would have been my dad's. What the hell? All right, Scarborough dude, signing off. Bye, thank you, and uh, stay tuned. I'll be back next week. Bye for now.